about moments. Your moments, your time. Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of True Knowles Talk. I'm your host, Jeff Raines. I'm joined as always with my co-host, Hunter Richmond. Hunter, I mean, we've had quite the uh, the eventful weekend as FSU fans. So, I mean, let's just dive really into the weekend that was Florida State. Uh, you know, the fourth-ranked Seminole girls team captured the series over North Carolina on Easter Sunday with a 9-2 to win. Uh, I mean, what did you see from the girls that really uh, excited you this weekend since uh, the weekend before they got swept out? Yeah, you know, the weekend before we got swept out, you know, game one, we come in kind of sluggish. Well, we didn't get swept out. We, we won one game last week. Yeah, you're right. Swept out. Uh, you know, we come in, we was kind of sluggish the first game. Um, second game, you know, hats off to UNC. They do what they need to do, come out, you know, make a rubber match on Sunday. But, you know, on Sunday – let me look at my notes here, sorry. On Sunday uh, – you know, we beat him nine to two, and uh, you know, Mac Leonard, uh, she had a home run. Janai Kerr, she had a home run, and Kaylee Harding, she had two. So it's kind of hard to beat that when you couple that with the pitching of, of Kat Sandercock. So uh, looking forward to getting the girls back tomorrow and this weekend at uh, Joanne Graff Field. So yeah, um, actually, a member of ours said that he's going to be there. Um, I believe for what the Stetson game we got this week. That's tomorrow at five. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Martin said okay. he was going to be in attendance and taking pictures and posting. So, Jeremy, uh, go do your thing there, buddy. But um, yeah, I won't be there for that when I got to work tomorrow. So, Jeremy, you be there, you know, support the group, loud and proud. Give us a go, Knowles. Yeah. Um, but not only did the girls, you know, have a good weekend. The boys this past weekend had one as well. And everyone that uh. That is a Florida State baseball fan desperately needed a week like this. You know, uh, midweek, we kind of we – we, we beat Florida. But uh, then we turned around and kind of – we swept out, uh, you know, Louisville, which was real good. Um, Parker Messick, I mean, what, what else can I say about him? I mean, he's just phenomenal on the mound. Um, You know, Louisville was number nine, you know, and uh, we, we won the opening series eight to one, uh, like I said, by Parker Messick, who actually tied his season high um, strikeouts with 14. He, uh, you know, he kept, I mean, Louisville had the, the leading offense, but, you know, Messick and uh, 
mean, really, I mean, he just done what he does and went on from there. Hunter, I mean, what, what you got anything to add about the, uh, especially the opening one? Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry about that. I don't know if you can see me or not, I managed to hit the lock button there. Pulling up my notes here. You're good. Let's see. Yeah, you know, like you said on Thursday, we come out, Parker did his thing. You know, it's, it's kind of weird seeing him come out on a Thursday and pitch, you know. Uh, but like you mentioned, you know, he, he tied his career high 14 Ks. I was there for the other game whenever he did that, which was pretty neat. And I, I believe I shared most of the uh, most of the videos. I got all the Ks with you. They were, they were impressive. They really were. But, you know, you, you look at Friday night whenever Florida State, you know, they took game two and uh, we beat them nine to four for the series clinching victory. No need for rubber match on on uh on saturday so it's kind of just lay back try to get the sweep more or less you know get get some moral victories and get some more points in that category um well you know bryce hubbard he picked up his sixth win in the season he just he allowed one run in five innings five and two innings pitch actually and uh you know yeah. just like what you said the, the, the seminole pitching staff they've held the cardinals you know the nation's highest scoring offense coming this weekend they, they've they've held them at bay you know they really did um Jeremy Martin, he said, "Oh, yeah. sweet for our baseball team." He's one hundred percent right on that. And uh, yeah, you know, I mean, we, we kind of we did we the weekend didn't go as planned for one of our pitchers, though. You know what I mean? And um, and I think you know, yeah, Dunn Dunn's been struggling Ross, quite a bit. You know Ross, Ross Dunn, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Ross Dunn. He didn't last a single inning, you know. Um, yeah, he's he's the number yeah. three starter in our rotation, and he only got one out. And, and to be the number three in our rotation, yeah. you can't do stuff like that. No, I mean, I believe it. I mean, I believe it was he really like he struggled, and I don't even think he lasted. I think he gave up two runs in like five pitches. I think is what it was. Yeah, I saw that one on, on TV. I was like, holy cow, you know, it is, yeah. like I said, to be, to be number three in the rotation, you come out, you do it, and like, no. Nah, but everyone has bad weekends. I mean, I mean, shoot, you look at last week, what happened to Parker, you know? He, yeah, I mean, I mean, Hubbard. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, but, but Hubbard come out and pitched very well. Yeah, yeah, he did. So, I mean, anything, I mean, I mean, any, any other news you have on the uh, on the pitching staff? Yeah, you know, Coach Martin, he, he actually came out and said that uh, that Carson's going to replace Dunn as the Sunday starter. Um, you know, he said he's he's performed well as a midweek starter, and that kind of goes back to – I believe he pitched against Florida, didn't he? Yeah, he came in for uh, Montgomery in that game. Montgomery was supposed to get the start but had, like, shoulder tightness. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, you know. So it now's now we're in the middle of the season where coach can start making his adjustments and his tweaks to to get everything right to get us ready for Omaha. So yeah, I mean, I mean, but there was I mean, there was some some issues, you know. But there's there's always some good. Um, carry on. I mean, I don't know if y'all seen it. You know, he's had a three run blast really pushed us through in a nine to 10 uh, victory. And we needed that, you know, uh, 
FSU head coach Mike Martin admitted earlier in the week that the team, you know, it may be letting some of those woe is me thoughts enter their heads during the, during the games and uh, during the recent struggles. And it continued really up until the Florida game. I think they really found their footing and their, their stride and all that during the Florida game. And it helped it out quite a bit. But um, you mentioned, uh, we mentioned Montgomery, you know, Montgomery replaced reliever uh, Shalaro, who recorded only one out in the eighth and another in the ninth, you know, while giving up four hits. You know, he had one run on a wild pitch, you know, and Shalaro, you know, he could be the midweek starter for us because Martin's talking about also moving Montgomery to a weekend role too if the number three spot still struggles. And we know that, uh, you know, against – Florida on Tuesday, Montgomery with shoulder stiffness was late scratch. But, and Shlaro, you know, it, it showed me something. You know, he had plenty of time to get loose. They treated him, you know, very well. He pitched good. And then you got Montgomery that really, in my eyes, I would use him as a closer, you know. So that way, it wasn't no, no big issue with him. But they've noticed as of late, um, I want to say Shlaro or one of them is tipping their pitches quite a bit. And that's kind of worrisome for him right now. Yeah, you know, I, I like Jonas Scalaro. You know, he's been a he's been a multi year pitcher for us. I feel like he's experienced on the mound and I think we can use him in the in the, the midweek rotation as a starter, so because it seems to me like right now they've been using him more as like a closing role. You know, he usually comes yeah. in and he relieves But I mean really Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, cause right now it really seems like they, you know, they use him more of a closing role and they bring him in after Messick and he you know, does a couple innings or finishes out the ball game. Just depends. So, yeah, I mean, but I mean that that's really once we. I think if we clean up the, if we clean up the fielding errors, the pitch selection, and really, I mean Ross Dunn, they they need to bullpen session him quite a bit, so that way we can he can get whatever's issued with him fixed, because yeah. I mean. If you ain't even last in the inning and you're the number three starter, that don't bode well for us for the the regional, super regionals, heck, even the ACC tournament. Because if we can't get – I mean, the ACC tournament is probably about five games, I think it is. And, you know, I think about a month ago, we we thought that we would be hosting a regional and super regional. Right now, with the pitching struggles we've had, especially on on the day three – We'd be lucky to host a, a regional or a super regional. Yeah, and that's you know that's, that's coming back to, you know, earlier in the season we was raved and poised to have one of the number one pitching staffs in the country. So, mm-hmm. you know, the talent's there. It's just you know fine tuning and tweaking a little bit. We'll get them back. Yeah, I mean, I remember earlier in one of the the shows we done, I mentioned that uh, I think it was on one of the podcasts before we done the live shows that I mentioned that uh, Ross Dunn was was actually outperforming. Uh, Hubbard and and Messick, and boy, I, I guess whenever I, I said it, it uh, it his messed him up. His ears were burning, and it and it and, and it messed him up because he ain't been the same since. Um, he's been rocked every every start he's had. But I mean, this I think what we got we got a midweek game with somebody I can't remember, but then we got a series this weekend with Clemson, which is going to be a tough one. I like it. the The girls are uh, the girls and the boys are both playing Clemson at home. Well, we're at home right this weekend. Or are we up there? I think we're at home. I'm, I'd have to look at that, but I believe we're at home. 
Anyways, I like it. You know, the girls and boys are both playing Clemson, so hopefully we can both go in and sweep them and just have those bragging rights, especially towards John Coleman. So he's in the chat, yeah, by the way. Yeah, he said hello earlier. Uh, yeah, I, I, I seen it. I, I I agree with Jeremy. You know, uh, move Ross Dunn to the bullpen. Uh, that would give him time to get his mind right. Um, that gave him time to get his mind right and kind of critique it a little bit. I mean, he, he needs a, as many bullpen sessions and as many simulated ball games as he can get to really fix himself. I mean, and it's all mental. I mean, when you go from pitching dominant the way he has been to falling completely off the edge of the earth, you know, it's all mentality. And once your mind goes, it's hard to get that back, especially especially in the game of baseball when that's like 90% mental and 10% physical. But um, moving on from that, you know, I'm going to talk about something that kind of transitioning to football a little bit because that's why everybody's here. You know, we all worry about the football. But, uh, you know, what's really been lacking for the Knowles in the past is the special teams, and especially in the return game. But over the weekend, you know, we had the thing about Mims, but nobody noticed that one of the top returners in the FCS plans to transfer to Florida State. And I believe he's actually went ahead and signed it. But uh, he, we picked up a commitment from Mikey uh, Russoso, I believe his name is. He's a three-time first team all Ivy League selection as a return specialist from Columbia University. Uh, the wide receiver announced his decision to transfer to FSU on Friday afternoon. He's a native of uh, Newport, Ritchie, Florida, and uh, he intends to enroll in late May. And when asked uh, why he chose it, he said, you know, I was home for spring break, was able to take the visit, just fell in love with the place. I mean, if any of y'all have ever walked around the campus at Florida State, you, we could understand why you fell in love with, with Tallahassee, especially Florida State area. But um, he said he also loved the coaches and the atmosphere. And um, he's expected to be a preferred walk-on is what I've learned, and uh, which is good. I mean, that ain't going to take up a roster a scholarship as of right now. But, you know, his stats in the F FCS, you know, he was third-team All-American selection in 2019. He had 511 receiving yards, three receiving touchdowns on 54 catches in his career. You know, he's a rising senior. You know, his top trade is returning the ball. He has, I think it's like 1,265 kickoff return yards and one score in three seasons, as well as 612, I believe it is, in two touchdowns for the punt return. So he's averaging really about 26.4 yards per kickoff. I want to say, and that's like 17th nationally in FCS. And his punt return average is 9.4 yards, which would be a drastic improvement. But, I mean, about his return game, you know, he, he's not the fastest guy out there. I mean, he's not a Micah, you know, Pittman or anything like that. But, you know, he can make you miss. He's quick. He's elusive. And really, the, the return game, if you look at it, Pokey and Travis J and all that, I mean, I don't know how many times – we could have probably picked up 10, 15 yards and they fair catched it on the 10, you know, which cost us more yards than anything. But that's one thing that we really, he should help out quite a bit along with the other conditions of the transfers. Uh, what's your thoughts on, on kind of like the special teams? Area on that? It's no secret ever mm -hmm. coach Norvell come in. He's a special teams coach. He believes special teams is very important and that they, it can change the game, which it really can. And, 
like you said, with, with the numbers you've, you've kind of rattled off there, it's it's very impressive. I'm looking forward to what he can do in the Garnet and Gold. So. Yeah. I mean, I think you put him back there, especially during like a Duquesne or um, like a Louisville. Um, or like, I mean, you could say Syracuse, Boston College. He'd be that good threat as a punt returner, especially if you use like a split split style return system like you've seen like I've seen LSU use in the past and stuff like that. I mean and it'd be good to keep the reps off of him because if you have one of our receivers that's actually a return guy out there on the field and we you know something happens, you know, we gotta have somebody in there that can step up and just be a threat in that area. But um actually Hunter, I mean I kind of move on to a little a little thing. I mean I Want you to let the uh, fans know that the next show we're going to have what's in store for them you know with our 500 member giveaway yeah, give me one, and give uh me. how they need to uh enter the drawing yeah sure give me one second here well while, while he's doing that i mean yeah i'm good sorry about that i want to go ahead man go ahead and let them let them let them know uh yeah well let them know uh how they need to to enter the drawing for the uh, 500 member giveaway. So that way, you know, we have everybody that's, that can be a part of it. Sure. Yeah. There's actually a pin post on our page. Um, you know, basically it just, you know, thanks everyone for joining the page and getting us to 500 members. And there's one very simple question that we need you guys to answer. Um, with doing that, you're entered in the drawing. Uh, we have a very special prize we'll give away on our next midweek show uh we'll announce that whenever we do the midweek show whether it be wednesday or thursday we really want you guys to uh to get on there into the drawing it doesn't cost you a nickel it's just a way to, for us to give it back to y'all so like i said and uh we're doing it till tomorrow till six o'clock and six o'clock is eastern time once we do that i'm gonna shut the comments off so the ones who have commented on it they'll be in the drawing so Yeah. Um, really, I mean, I added something this past week. I asked the uh, the members of the group really to kind of choose one of the topics. And Miss Carol, I don't even know really if she's on watching or not, but I, I yeah. thought, you know, I seen the, the Learfield thing posted about where you can go and apply for Gene's job, which, I mean, it's you kind of got to have quite the credentials. But, uh, you know, now we're really going to, you know, we had the member chosen topic. It was Miss Carol. She asked, you know, who we thought would replace Gene in the booth. And, you know, I have to say, you know, well, you know, replacing Gene, especially his voice, it's, it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us fans really be watching and listening closely for the names, you know, of the potential successor because, I mean, there's been some bounced around especially on social media and stuff like that. But really, I mean, the Seminole Sports Network, along with FSU, is going to have, you know, that's who carries FSU athletic events. You know, it's operated by Learfield. You know, they're conducting a national search, you know, for the replacement. And FSU's going to have a strong voice in that. But, uh, Hunter, I mean, who do you think really – who do you think should replace Gene Zekaroff? That's a loaded question. Um, replace is a very big word. You know, um, who can step in for Gene? 
Mm -hmm. We kind of talked about it off stream. I like Tom Block. You know, yeah, he he's been around the program for a long time. You know, he's he's in the locker room after the games, whether we win or we lose, before the games, interviewing coaches, interviewing players. You know, he worked hand in hand with Gene, so he kind of knows, you know, how things should be run. Um, like we said, there's there's no replacement, but for someone to step in and do it, I like Tom Block. You like, yeah, Tom's a good one. I mean, Tom's been Tom's been around for quite some while, and would be a great replacement. But I mean, really, I mean, you know, I have two. You know, you have Roger Hoover. And Roger Hoover, you know, he works for Crimson Tide Sports, which is owned by Learfield. So it really wouldn't be a hire. It'd be kind of a lateral. promotion or a lateral. You know, uh, his roles have, you know, he's been in post-game or pre-game shows for all Alabama. Um, I believe I read something. He also has served as the men's, you know, fill-in play-by-play broadcaster and been the radio voice of the women's basketball. So that'd be one of them that I would choose. And then there was another one. I can't remember his name right off hand. I have to look at my notes here in just a second. Um, I want to say he's another Alabama broadcaster, but I can't really find his name real off hand. But uh, he would be, a, I mean, it don't matter who it is. They're not going to live up to Gene's height. Or not hot, but really his 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 legacy, you know. And the only one I can see is I agree with you is is is, is Tom because that's about the only one that would really, in my eyes, fit in so well with Florida State because of, I mean he's been around the, the the university and the team so much. But um, Hunter, I mean, what? What are you more ready to see when it comes to the team this year? When it comes to the football team, what kind of what kind of mindset do you want to see on the field? Championship. And when I say championship, I don't mean expectation of winning a national championship. I mean a championship mentality of getting back to playing Florida State football and win the championship of the state of Florida first, ACC second, then getting back to where we need to be. You know, if you don't play like a champion, you can never be a champion. And in my mind, playing like a champion, when things get tough, you get tougher than that. Um, you know, you, you're losing by 21 points. Hey, at least you ain't losing by 28. Figure out a way to get a touchdown. Get yourself back into the ball game. Don't, yeah. you know, don't let the game be bigger than you. Be as big as the game and focus on what you got to do to win it. That is, that's true. I mean, it's the little things, really. I mean, if we could clean up the false starts and the penalties and the just the, really, I mean, just the stupid penalties. I mean, the, the, I got another one for you, not even a penalty. All right. You get burned. It's third and 10. You get burned. He gains 20 yards on you. You tackle him. You're standing there with top of him like you did something. That's something else. Too. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get no yeah, but I, I, I th Yeah, but I think that boy got transferred out last year and plays for like – I want to say it's like Cal or something. 
is the one that I remember doing that the most. So, uh, but yeah, Jeremy Martin says it right. You know, uh, penalties did kill us quite a bit, you know, and like I said in other episodes, you know, the center play, because you look at the, the Notre Dame game, we was, I want to say third and four or third and five, somewhere in there. And one bad snap really led to the, the no, it wasn't the Notre Dame, it was the Miami game. That's what led to the fourth and 14 was a bad snap. If we could clear up the center play and get our snaps crisp, really get the wide receivers involved. And, and we've got a slew of them. We've got a slew of good wide receivers, especially through the transfer portal that's coming in. But we can't just be one dimensional. We cannot be just either you're handing the ball off or Jordan Travis is taking off. You've got to be multidimensional in the game of football. And, I mean, Hunter, you said it before. I can, I hope a bubble screen I never see again. But I know, you know, from coaching, you've got to call them every now and then to keep them honest. But a screen to me is just, just, like, a, just like a running play, just like a jet sweep or a, something like that off the side. Um, so, I mean, really, I mean, that's what I think. I mean, the defense has turned it around. I'm very impressed with the defense especially after watching the spring game. They, they flew to the ball. They attacked the ball, and it was an aggressive hit. And I believe uh, there was – let me pull out. I had, I had a screenshot of it on my phone where one of the recruits, he was the number one recruit in the nation, or he is the number one recruit in the nation, for I believe 2024 – yeah, he said um, he said that Florida State's the one to beat. Said that, yeah. But I, I mean, I'm not I'm not putting nothing on that because the fact that you know we've had the number one player in the nation say the same thing. You know, I'm not I'm not saying his name, but um, yeah, Gary English, you're right. You, I mean, you have to have that deep threat to keep keep them honest. You know, and that does open it up. I mean, when when Jay Trav really was passing the ball very well, that opened the, the game up. But whenever our receivers are not, you know, really fighting to get open, I mean, take the take the Florida game, for instance. I mean, we could have won that one, but it was like our receivers just went to sleep on us, especially during the noon, 11 o'clock noon games we have. So that's kind of, I mean, that's what I'm kind of excited. I want to, I want to see the, I want to see the fight, the unconquered spirit, but I really want to see just the, you know, the receivers do something and us quit being that one-dimensional God of Jordan Travis gets hurt or we're screwed mentality. Let me ask you one question, too. You know, you spoke about how the defense was swarming the ball. How many arm mm -hmm. tackles did you see at the spring game? Because I didn't Not see many. them. I've I seen them wrapping up. And, and that's a good thing. I mean, I remember back when Willie was the coach, and I hate bringing Willie up. But when Willie was the coach, that's like that's all they wanted to do was arm tackle. And I don't know how many times we we lost, you know, the battle on that one because of just arm tackling. Uh, I believe with Norvell and, you know, people said it with the Mims thing. You know, oh, he's a great recruiter. He's this. He's the man. Alex Atkins this. Then, you know, Mims left and all that stuff. And now it's – you know, we miss Jimbo. You know, Willie was screwed. Norvell needs to leave. You know, but you look at it. Willie Taggart wouldn't have got Jermaine Johnson to Tallahassee. 
Willie Taggart would have not would not have got Sam McCall to Tallahassee. He would not have got Kier Thomas to Tallahassee or Jamie Jamie Robinson or anybody like that. But I mean, Norvell is a recruiter, is one of the best recruiters, one of the best offensive minds in the game. And that's what people need to understand about that is other coaches wouldn't have gotten them here. And the transfer portal has changed everything. It's kind of like a free – it's like free agency, especially with the NIL stuff. And I know Nick Saban and a bunch of them, even Jimbo Fisher's come out saying it needs to be regulated. But um, – and that, I agree with Gary English on that. It's because he recruited one-star players to compete against four- and five-star boys around – you're right. And the, the main issue I've ever seen with that is the difference is we have a coach now compared to somebody in that era under that coaching staff that want to be a friend with them. Hey, look, we're moving on from that. Been there, done that, got two T-shirts. Yeah. I got my I got my Do Something T-shirt in the closet and my Lethal Simplicity. They're going to make great grease rags one day. So. Yeah, but – um. I just believe, you know, that's that's the mentality. But really, I want to give like a shout out to, I mean, I don't know if, have you noticed, have you watched any of the new USFL? No, I haven't had a chance to catch any of it yet. Well, Florida State alumni, Reggie Northrup, is chasing his NFL dream again. And if any of y'all know, Reggie was a pretty good player at Florida State, one of the most dominant players we had. And um, the, they played the other night. He plays for the Houston Gamblers, and they picked up the win over the Memphis Panthers in the second game of the USFL. I believe it was Sunday afternoon. Um, Reggie Northrup had a uh, fumble, scoop, and score, and that was the difference in the game. Uh, his team won seventeen to twelve, and that scoop and score was the difference in the game. So, I mean, it's always good, really, to see players that didn't pan out in the NFL the first time trying to chase them dreams because. That's really what the unconquered spirit is, you know. Yeah. So, but, I mean, Hunter, I mean, yeah, I mean, Stan Wilcox didn't help us either. But, I mean, on that topic, you know, Jeremy Martin's comment, you know, we can kind of blame Stan Wilcox. Jimbo was asking for a lot of money. Jimbo was asking for a lot before we had it. And that's kind of, you know, I think if Jimbo, I mean, me and Hunter mentioned it also, you know, everything Jimbo had asked for, we're getting now. Mm-hmm. And the same thing that they told Jimbo is you're going to have to wait a little bit. We're going to have to build it because it's not a privately funded university. It's a state funded, you know, it's a state college. And it takes stuff like that, especially like the renovations that's coming to Doak. And, and I think it's like next year or something. So. But, I mean, Hunter, any any final thoughts before we kind of sign off tonight? No. Like I said, I'm just excited for the uh, weekend series for both the boys and the girls against Clemson. Um, They did a time change to the Thursday night game. I think it actually – first pitch for softball is at 8 o'clock on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday night. So, we'll be there for that. We're looking forward to it. It'll be a different kind of of atmosphere. You know, you usually go there noon, 1 o'clock. But now it's actually going to be pitch black dark when it, you know, essentially kicks off. We're looking yeah. forward to it. It's going to be a good time. So, how about you? Um, nothing really, guys. Just for the members that are watching, go out and invite as many of you true, true, you know, the old fans that 
that are out there. Um, really, other than that, I mean, there is one thing I want to say kind of to the members as, and I believe Hunter can agree with me on this, to start a group, especially like we did, and to try to make it prosper into something like we're trying to do, it takes a certain amount of professionalism. And if you're not professional in what you do or how you interact, then changes really have to be made. And I'm not addressing any situation, but what I'm saying though is there's certain groups, just leaving it like that, that want to bash members for having opinions. We're not one of them groups. We're not going to be one of them groups. We value your opinion. We really do. Now, you're not going to come on here and bash every post and be, you know, bashing the players and the coaches every post, or we will step in. But really, you've got to be professional on quite a bit of it. And there was some things here recently that kind of was unprofessional in a manner that had to have some changes made. And like I said, we're, we're leaving that there. We're not going to talk bad about them other groups, but have you have your friends come join us. And like I said, we're, we're going to build this the best way and the only way we know how. Just like any great house, you know, you got to set the foundation first. So guys, just like I said, you know, y'all go invite you, invite your friends, invite your, your true fans and join the climb with us, guys. Yep. And one more thing, Jim. I mean, anything else? Yeah. If y'all have any questions about things that happen in the group, reach out to us. Messages, you know, we're, we're both got our messengers open. You ever want to ask us a question about anything, Florida State, just whatever, messages. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I can say that I'm open book as well as Jeff is. And um, if you feel like we've done you wrong in some way, hey, we'll make it right. So, yep. Sure will. Other than that, guys, y'all have a great night. God bless you. Go Knowles.